Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, all seven rounds in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Week two of the NFL season was full of brutal injuries, two of which forced rookie passers into the spotlight. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the future NFL GM who will solely draft bloodline prospects. And with me, as always, is AJ. Don't draft quarterbacks in the first round, Marchese. Is that the new uh, take? Is that the new take I got to be on? Uh, I mean, tell me Davis Mills isn't just as good as all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills was better than Zach Wilson. So, Does Zach Wilson set that bar damn low? Today, we're breaking down the NFL rookies who thrived and died. During week two. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas. Gonna set my draft. Gonna set my draft. On fire. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my lady. Driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's going to wage your future picks away? Who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. To drink is to sport and to sport is to drink. So head to sportsdrink.org because it is officially launched. And you can discover all kinds of different podcasts that fill your sports and not sports needs. Um, this one, for example, fills a sports need. Others don't. And maybe you want to fill even more sports needs. Head to Spotify Greenroom, a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. AJ, you just launched your CFL uh, Spotify Greenroom. Yeah, as we speak uh, about the NFL, I am also live on Spotify Greenroom, uh, breaking down Dominic Davis slinging the ball around the yard. In the Ottawa rain right now. And was he uh, was he worth the Falcons keeping him on the roster for so so long? Absolutely, because I believe without that seasoning, he would not be in his position in Ottawa right now. Great, good to know. Talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. And if you follow your favorite people on Spotify Green Room, you will be notified when they go live. So come with your spiciest takes, like Nick Arbuckle's the best quarterback in the CFL. I'll give you one. Uh, the next two great CFL quarterbacks after Dominique Davis, Kurt Bankert and Josh Rosen. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna disagree. You think it's gonna be Matt Schwab? I just don't think uh, I just don't think Rosen's gonna translate. Oof, fuck! That's the you love Josh Rosen, and that's uh, that's a rough. Call. I just don't think he's game trained. I think he's much better suited to be an NFL starter. Okay, okay, <laughs> respect that. It's easier. It's easier starting the NFL. The field's bigger in the NFL. You have to have a stronger arm. People one rookie that. quarter Rosen is one rookie quarterback we saw struggle all those years ago. Well, guess what? We got a whole lot more doing the same thing in week two of the NFL season. 
Um, week one, we had each rookie quarterback from the each first round rookie quarterback score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we saw some ups, we saw some downs. Week two, it was a lot of downs. Um, we, we got a new quarterback into the rookie QB rundown with Davis Mills hitting the field for the Texans. Um, I mean, the first and second overall pick combined for six interceptions in week two. Six interceptions and one touchdown. Um, Justin Fields found his way onto the field uh, because Andy Dalton went down and Fields will be starting week three. Trey Lance didn't see the field against the Eagles. Uh, Mac Jones got a win. I, I think just bird's eye view, Mac Jones was the best of this group. Um, and it looks like Davis Mills will be starting on Thursday Night Football. So lots going down down with the, uh, the rookie QB rundown this week and in future weeks as we've got six quarterbacks to talk about now. Uh, and I'll start. I'll start with Trevor Lawrence. AJ did the bulk of the rookie QB watching this week. I said, "Not for me, AJ. You you take the reins over there. I don't I don't need to see any of this." You pass the buck for me to slog through all this terrible play. I got two of the six rookie quarterbacks, and one of them was Trey Lance, who didn't play. So <laughs> it was perfect. Um, but I did get Trevor Lawrence for the second week in a row, who threw for 118 yards, a touchdown, two picks, uh, only completed 42 percent of his throws. Three and a half yards per attempt against the Denver Broncos. He looked good on uh, uh, early. He had a touchdown, a beautifully thrown uh, deep ball down the right sideline to Marvin Jones right in the bucket uh, as Jones beat Kyle Fuller. After that, it was pretty much just terrible football. And I think it was worrisome because it wasn't like it was a ton of drops or anything. It wasn't like his wide receivers were playing poorly, though I did not enjoy the play calling. Um, and they really just didn't run the ball because they got down early. And they, they, they scored on that first drive. They were up 7-3. And then after that, the Broncos pretty much controlled the game. The, the Jags' second touchdown came on a kick return from uh, Jamal Agnew. And uh, the Jags tried to go for two, and Trevor Lawrence nearly threw a pick on that. And, and, and the, the day was kind of over. Um, it was a lot of him just seemingly not seeing defenders uh both picks were brutal just again what one of them was uh he he had someone on the right sideline on a hook and he just didn't seem to see the defender undercut the route easy interception the other one was just like kind of right to cream jackson who also or sorry that was the cream jackson one the other was to patrick certain rookie who i'll talk about in a bit on a, on a deep ball that was just – Sertain had perfect coverage, and as we know, Sertain's great at finding ball in phase, and it was like almost like a bucket drop to Patrick Sertain. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty brutal. Um, even beyond the interceptions, yeah, he was like just kept throwing into traffic. He should have had at least one more interception. Um, and there was a lot of sideline throws where he was just throwing it out of bounds. Which, I mean, based on some of his other throws, maybe it was a good thing they were out-of-bounds throws. Uh, but just circling back to the play calling, it was just vi- – like, what I know about Trevor Lawrence is he's a very good passer on the move. He does a phenomenal job squaring up. Like, he can roll left, square up, and, and throw beautiful balls. He is natural in the play-action deep ball. He just climbs the pocket so beautifully. We know he's got a wonderful arm. And it's just like these things aren't part of this offense right now. It's a lot of dink and dunk. Um, just uh, like even going back to their, their opening drive, his best throws were uh, like a deep post to, um, to James O'Shaughnessy and then the Marvin Jones ball. Both of those were like 15-plus yards downfield. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just very bland play calling because I don't even want to like – the offensive line wasn't amazing or anything, but they were not. They weren't the problem. There was a lot of other problems. I I, I would say uh, the two biggest things for me were play calling and just Trevor Lawrence seemingly not seeing the field very well. And with um, Brian Schottenheimer and Daryl Bevel both having past experience in Seattle and Pete Carroll's affinity for the play action deep ball and you know, uh, just taking shots downfield. I, I thought that's what this offense would look like. And when they took him, um, I think we both thought, well, this – or sorry, I should say when, when they hired those guys, really. Um, 
their offense kind of lends itself from what we've seen from them lately lends itself to uh, what Lawrence can do. And um, yeah, they haven't done that. And that <laughs> I don't know why I think it's because reminders a bad head coach. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just going to go like, this would be, there was very few bright spots after that, uh, that touchdown drive. Like I, I, I'm hesitant to say it was an F performance, but it wasn't much better than, than an F. Um, what would you see from old Zach Wilson? who's just chucking up pick after pick. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, Wilson was uh, brutal. He was brutal. Uh, let's get right to the interceptions. Um, the first one, um, there's just nothing open. I mean, Corey Davis kind of, like, he was bracketed. There was, like, a glimmer of an opening. So I can kind of see the thought process, but he shouldn't have thrown it. He threw it. J.C. Jackson got the hand on it. It popped straight up. I don't know. It was a bad decision. But if he hit it, it would have been a cool throw. But it, I don't know. It was stupid. Uh, the second one, again, to Corey Davis. It went right through Corey Davis's hands. But Wilson put it high. He was on the move. He was trying to put it over a defender. Um, it wasn't a tough throw at all, though. Just floated on him. Davis should have caught it. But it still should have been a better throw. So that's that's right there. Already two picks. Not much else going on. And they only got worse from there. The third interception, um, frankly, I don't know what the fuck was going on. He just, like, lollipopped a throw. Uh, it was to Elijah Moore on the sideline and J.C. Jackson just standing right there. I I don't know if he thought Elijah Moore would break his route off earlier or if he just wanted to throw a jump ball to him, which doesn't make sense. But just just no, no, no clue what he was doing there. Um, if he threw it on time and online, then maybe it was a completion. But just absolutely fucking mind-boggling. <sighs> and the fourth one, um, just chucked it up deep, man. He just chucked it and... McCordy was just standing there. It was just brutal. And again, it wasn't like a throw on a line or anything. Just kind of lollipopped it. And McCordy was just standing there. It just it was just a disaster from the start. Um even when like the good stuff was there, it wasn't great. Like in the second quarter, he had he had Elijah Moore wide open on the sideline. He hit him, but the ball was kind of underthrown and towards the sideline and it pushed him out of bounds. If he went deeper or if he just put it on him, it could have been a touchdown. So, but like, um, so yeah, I got more if yeah. I'm allowed to, to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I just want to jump in quickly. Let's go. Um, it, it sounds like with both of both Lawrence and Wilson's performance, the, in the first week we saw some bright spots around the the kind of the dirtiness. This week it sounds like for both of us it was a lot harder to find those bright spots. Yeah, and and the thing was, week one the Jets offensive line was a complete disaster, and it felt like it was more on him. Uh, more on the offensive line than on him. And that, that went with no running game, uh, the wide receivers being even bad, and all of that. Um, this week, uh, I was going to mention it later, but Elijah Ray Tucker had a pretty decent bounce back week. He wasn't great. He had a couple pressures still. Looked good again in the run, but, but a lot better. Um, Morgan Moses actually played pretty well, or decently, I guess. Um, Michael Carter looked better. Uh, Elijah Moore looked better. Everyone else stepped up after their shitty week one, and... Uh, the pressure wasn't as bad, and Wilson just took a big step back. And, I mean, when he's given time, which this week was better than last week, or, you know, when he's just making plays out of structure, there, there's some fun there. You see the arm talent. There was a couple nice throws. Like, he had a nice touch throw to, to Berrios on a third and 10. Hit him, like, 20 yards on the sideline. Had, had a really nifty throw on a fourth and 15 late in the game. Um, or Jeff Smith, he kind of threw him through deep and let Jeff Smith kind of separate from the guy and get open. So, like... A little bit of glimmer, but I don't know, man. I don't know at all, especially considering that some of these other guys bounced back, and I don't know. The offense as a whole wasn't great. I, I don't have the running stats in front of me, but the running game was was not bad at all. Cart, like I said, Carter had a solid bounce back game. Um, was breaking tackles. He was just tough through contact. Saw the holes better. Um, Elijah Moore, I think, led them in receptions. Um, yeah, and so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried about Zach Wilson. Uh, moving to Trey Lance, who again didn't we? We <laughs> saw him touch the field, throw a touchdown week one. I was kind of expecting um, to see a little bit more, especially in the run game from Trey Lance this week. Just mixing mm-hmm. him in based on what we saw Shani do week one. In the 49ers offense was struggling early against the Eagles. Honestly, 
I am sh- shocked that like the Eagles put kept putting themselves in positions to score touchdowns and just mm-hmm. could not and just shot themselves in the foot all 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 game. Um, but Jimmy G really struggled, and the run game really wasn't there. Elijah Mitchell was bottled up, um, and then just before half, Jimmy G led a touchdown drive for the 49ers where he looked really good. And then kind of after that, I was like, oh, we're not going to get Trey Lance this game. It's just going to be now that now that they've scored there, they're just going to kind of um, have him game manage and, and just kind of clock this game out, which they did. They won 17-11. But it, it was just a big reminder that Shani can win with an average quarterback if he has to. Um but it was also a reminder that, God, this offense would be so much more exciting and enjoyable if Trey Lance was in there. So hopefully soon, but I think also based on some of these other rookie quarterback uh, games we've seen, that might kind of be sitting in the back of Shani's mind that why rush Trey Lance if I, if I can win games without him right now? They got Sunday Night Football against the Packers this week. I, well... I don't know if Garoppolo's got the firepower, and this offense doesn't look good. Um, to keep throwing the game, obviously the defense has the chance too, especially if the Packers bounce back. But um, I wonder if we see the packages again for, for Lance this week. I really hope so. Guess who we won't be seeing packages for uh, this week? Justin Fields, because he's going to be starting. Uh, how do you look coming in off the bench uh, against the Bengals? Um, okay. He looked okay. I mean... <laughs> So he, he came in, and then when Andy first went out, then Andy came back in, and then Fields took over for the rest of it, and obviously he'll be taking over for a little while now. Um, his first play, it didn't start great. Um, first first real play, I should say, because he handed the, hand the ball off a couple times. Then they went for a fourth and one, quarterback sneak, and he got stopped, which isn't great. I think the flashes were there. Here, I'll, th- I'll throw the stat line out. Six for 13, 60 yards, zero touchdowns, an interception. Sack twice, 31 yards on, on 10 carries. So not not great in the least. Um, flashes were there, though. I think you see some nice throws. Um, like like once we had to just drive to the sideline uh, past the sticks, there was one where like it was just a laser of a corner route to uh, Mooney, and Mooney just couldn't hold on to. Um, I think they went back to something, a similar concept later, and Fields ended up hitting him that time. Maybe not as big and not, much, not as much of a laser, but still a good throw. Um, so like he did flash that arm strength and like he was sticking dudes. A uh, couple couple came back with flags and flags was a theme this week. Like Justin Fields got called with a fa- uh, call for a false start. Um, they had a few as a team when he came in. I think the cadence seemed off. Um, so that's a problem. But I think that's totally on Nagy for being an idiot. Um, they gotta get him ready as a starter. And I mean they should have been doing it for weeks now. But um, this week I think we'll, we'll knowing that he'll he'll start. Finally, I think it should be better. Um, the interception, Logan Wilson like lined up over the A gap, um, fake like he was blitzing and dropped back from the line of scrimmage. Fields just didn't see him and threw it right at him. Kind of a cool design, um, but still got to do better. Bad pick. Um, at times he just didn't. I, I felt like he wasn't feeling the rush too well. Like wasn't stepping up in the pocket. He, he got a little drifty, just kind of drifting outside the pocket a little bit too. Like with not the intention to run either. Um, then he had one where he was about to run to escape, and he kind of dropped the ball, um, carrying it low, and uh, g- carrying it loose, and it got knocked out from behind. Um, but Fields actually did a great ball, a uh, great job getting back on the football. So that was kind of good. And then finally, kind of scrambled a little bit more, and he, he got into it a little bit more, and he had a really nice scramble to pick up the first and to, to help ice the game for the Bears. So I think just to sum it up, not great. Not as bad as the stats would indicate. It's just kind of a weird, weird game that Burrow threw three straight interceptions and he didn't feel doesn't have to do too much really. Um, so going into a, a real start, I, I think we'll see see much more of what uh, Justin Fields is actually made of. All right, I'm I'm excited to get uh to get to see that. I love Justin Fields as we all know. Um, how Mac Jones look again? You're just gonna be talking for a bit here, so enjoy. <laughs> Honestly, not a whole lot to say about Mac Jones, but I, I got a lot to say. But he's just like kind of the definition of a game manager right now. I'll throw the stats out: twenty-two of thirty, good completion percentage, one hundred and eighty-six yards. So not 
not a lot of uh, yards per attempt there. Zero touchdowns, zero picks. They run the ball a lot. Um, off of that, they do a lot of play action, lots of running back screens, some wide receiver screens. screens. Um, and when it's not just a built-in dump-off play, um, Mac, Mac shows off a little bit. He made a nice touch throw to a, to Jacoby Myers um, down the sideline right after that third Zach Wilson interception. Um, he found Hunter Henry down the seam off play action uh, for a good gain. Just really easy throw. He's wide open. Max just gained the ball out quick. He's getting them out quick. He's getting it out on time. Lots of short throws. Um, that's all good. And then <laughs> he wouldn't be he wouldn't wouldn't be um, Mac without having having a goofy looking fumble where he got spun around and he kind of just dropped it. The Pats got back on it. They did a really hilarious intentional grounding where he looked like he just spiked it outside the pocket on the move. Um, he ended up throwing like a really cheeky cut block on a reverse. There was kind of some fun, some fun there to Mac Jones. Um, also I've noticed though, like he's just taking sacks. He's like, he's not really moving in the pocket that much. So he's not really trying to escape. I don't know. I just think he's going to keep the Pats in games. Um, but honestly, I'm excited to see when like the Pats defense can't just shut down one of these terrible offenses. And he'll actually have to make throws and actually have to come back from behind. I really want to see what that looks like for Mac Jones because right now he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. I think that the big takeaway after the first two weeks is these other rookie quarterbacks are being asked to do a lot more. Yeah. Um, Mac doesn't have to. And Mac's not making game-ending mistakes with what he is asked to do. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, how Davis Mills look against the Browns? Uh, obviously, Terod Taylor's playing good football, hurt his hamstring, unfortunately. And now uh, we got Davis Mills, and we're going to see him on Thursday night against the Panthers. That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, he was 8 for 18 at 102, touchdown and a pick. Um, the interception was either his first or second attempt. Um, it was really bad. It was really, really bad, but also a great play by um, future Hall of Famer Malcolm Smith. Um, he had this guy open just on like a little sticker out. And Mills just, I don't know, pulled the throw, put it low, and I think he said he, he called it a pull. Uh, put it low, put it behind uh, his receiver. And uh, Malcolm Smith just made a really nice diving interception. It was a great play, but also a bad throw. Um, didn't see too much. I don't know. He tried to uncork one to Cooks deep over the middle and like just shorted it. Um, his first completion of the game was actually kind of nice. He, like, maybe his best throw where he just put a little like touch ball uh, to Jordan Aikens. Uh, just, like, just the right amount of touch to get it the first down. Um, there's a couple drops, but there's also like him just getting mixed up on handoffs, like going the wrong direction. Um, so a lot of like just rookie stuff and the touchdown was nothing to uh, get too excited about. It's just a quick slant with a, with a pick play on the wide receiver stack there. And you might be familiar with the play cause it's the one that a uh, team may or may not have lost the Super Bowl via when they threw an interception a couple years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when it works, it's an easy throw and catch, and it was really easy for him to, to, to cooks. Um, later, Greg Newsom almost picked him off in the fourth. He just chucked it deep and uh, again to Cooks, and just not a good throw. And Honestly, one thing I will give him, where Mac, I don't feel like he's moving a lot. Maybe maybe it's almost like Bill's just like, keep it easy in the pocket. Uh, Davis Mills was maneuvering the pocket fairly well. Um, and then Grant Delpit absolutely blindsided him and murdered him which was a fumble. Lots of fumbles by the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, but like the other rookie quarterbacks, the Texans got it back. <sighs> Not a good game. Um, I'll talk, I'll, I'm going to touch on Mills a little bit more later. Um, okay. If that's okay with you. I, I felt like I had to put him somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get there later and I'm kind of, I'm kind of ready for Thursday night football though. Yeah. So you can be your primetime star for next week. I'm calling it right now. Primetime star next week. Davis Mills. All right, I'm going to sound repetitive here with my offensive rookie of the week. I'm picking Rashawn Slater for the second straight week. I also believe that, I know it's ridiculously early, but through two games, uh, especially based on how the quarterbacks have played, I think Rashawn Slater is the clear offensive rookie rookie of the year so far. Um, He was phenomenal once again against the Cowboys, and now we know the Cowboys lack talent on that defensive line. Michael Parsons was literally playing edge for them because they needed him to. Unfortunately, Slater and Parsons didn't really see each other very often. Um, but Slater was shut down. Uh, once again, gave up nothing in pass protection, took no penalties, uh, was was f- forcing dudes around in the run game. I don't know. There's there's not a ton to say. He was just bodying uh, 
un, un, under talented edge players that would line up against him and the, the pass protection he just looks so easy He's such a smooth operator and i think it again it all comes back to his ability to consistently play with a strong base and balance like nobody can do anything like freaking you throw Terrell Basham at him I don't know what you're expecting to happen when you've got a franchise left tackle over Sean Slater shutting him down um yeah it was like it was basically a combination of Dorrance Armstrong Bradley and I uh and um Terrell Basham for the most part and nobody (laughs) could do anything against Rashawn Slater so that's my offensive rookie of the week. Who you got? That's some really easy uh, working for Slater, though. You know what? I, I do think it's kind of the similarities between Worf's year and draft last year to Slater, mm-hmm. where he kind of just fell a little bit, but to the right spot and to the spot where we're like, he, like he's going to have the most impact. And I think like before the season last year, we said Worf's could be the rookie of the year in quotation marks because it'll never happen. And he obviously looked like he could have, but ironically, Herbert – and Slater's with him now. Um, no, definitely a good pick. Um, I didn't have a clear-cut guy, so I had to go to a guy that uh, that had a bounce back and kind of welcome to the NFL week in Kyle Pitts. Um, five catches, 73 yards. The big highlight was 37. Pitts runs a little slant that he sells the out on first, um, cuts past Levante David. Uh, Devin White's closing in from the middle. Uh, Matt Ryan just puts it back shoulder. Pitts reaches back. Uh, like one-handed, kind of brings the other hand on it. Uh, just completely unfazed by Devin White. Never really breaks stride and just rumbles for another like 24 yards. That was just an awesome play. Just flash that big speed. Um, I still want to see them get more creative with him. Because like what the fuck else do they have on that offense? <laughs> Wait, sorry. Cordell Patterson is sick. But other than that, them two, not a lot going on. So I want to see them get more creative with him. It, it's like, you know, just a lot of like outs and ins and flats not a lot going on but he looked good when doing it um he had one play though that he, he he caught the ball and slipped or also i think would have been another really big play um but no he's gonna be quickly 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 if not already just super reliable for maddie ice and none of the other grabs like i said were just not noticeable but you can see the freaky movement ability and the route running and the size and the talent on every single snap and uh not a super flashy game, but I thought he was really, really good. Hell yeah, good sign for me as a fantasy owner. Um, yeah, that that uh, the catch you mentioned was ridiculous. That was that was Florida Kyle Pitts. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that that uh, kind of opens up the opportunity for them to really focus on him uh, as part of the offensive game plan more consistently going forward. Um, Defensive rookie of the week, I could not decide. I had so many options. Uh, maybe this is a cop out. Maybe it's not. I just put NFL sons that play cornerback because J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain, and Asante Samuel Jr. were all awesome. All three of them had interceptions. Um, I and I just had a tough time deciding because it was so easy for I think. You could watch all three of those games, and you would come away maybe not even realizing J.C. Horn was on the field uh, against the Saints. Played 93% of the snaps. Um, the pick came at the end of the game, and it was a horrible throw from Jameis. Yep. It was a, it was a gimme. But he also had a pass breakup earlier, which was another kind of a gimme. Jameis kind of th- threw one up, and it was an easy PBU. But if you just watch him, he was just blanketing receivers. They are playing him a ton at nickel. Uh, and the Saints kept lining up uh, receivers super tight to the formation. So he's almost like playing in the box. And it, it, it was just really fun to track him and watch him um, blanket whomever he had to cover. Uh, he, like when Marcus Callaway, the, the breakout star of the preseason, couldn't do anything against J.C. Horn. He, to me, like Rashawn Slater, it's just he he's playing such confident balance. And I, I compared the offensive tackle and cornerback position last week. I think I was comparing Sertain and Slater. This week it's Horn and Slater. Um, but it, it just, he looks so smooth. His read and react ability so smooth. And speaking of read and react, Patrick Sertain had, if you watch that game, uh, you, you, you saw him pop off a little bit more. 
Um, he had the unbelievable over-the-shoulder interception bucket drop. His, his finding the ball in phase and tracking that was awesome. It was an incredible first career pick. He also got called on a DPI that I thought was a little ticky-tacky. I kind of ignored that because I, I think it was kind of a bad call. Um, it was just two guys hand fighting. Uh, he also had one early where it was a completion to Marvin Jones uh, on a – it was like a seven-yard hook. And Sertain – like this was just more of a compliment to Marvin Jones because the way Sertain cl- click and closed on it and at, like it, as it hit Marvin Jones's hand, Sertain like hammered the ball. Marvin Jones still pulled it in, which again, really impressive grab. But I just thought even though he gave up a catch, it was a really – clean play from certain uh so he looked great and then jumping to asante samuel jr who i mentioned a, a little bit last week he 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 broke up two passes against the cowboys also had a pick um he is their best corner he that that cowboys wide receiver core is i mean arguably the best in the league i know michael gallops hurt but like even just going between amari cooper and cd lamb and he, he totally looked like he belonged. And something I, I had kind of a concern with him about coming out was he's not the biggest. He's, he's not that prototypical long outside corner. And, and, and you kind of worried would he be more natural as a nickel and not quite be able to play on the outside. He's hanging on the outside. It's two weeks in a row. He, he looks perfectly natural on the outside. Uh, him and Michael Davis are their, their one and two. And I think he's going to be the number like the true number one um against two of the best route or one at least i think cd lamb's going to be one of the best route runners in the league if we're not calling him that already uh but amari cooper is and he uh he was like there was no false steps on tape it was crazy the nfl needs it though right like we felt kind of short on corner talent a little bit coming on the draft and these three guys stepping up with the bloodlines is huge yeah, no, it, it was. I was really happy watching all of them. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, who, who's your defensive rookie? Yeah, I got a cop out because he won actual AFC Defense Player of the Week, and that's Odafe Owe from the Baltimore Ravens, who also could be primetime star, obviously, because of Sunday Night Football. Uh, hand up, I, I put him for primetime star just because I wanted to mention the three corners. I also kind of thought you would pick him because. He was a he's a really good choice, obviously, for this this week. Yeah, no, exactly. And I gave I got an alt for a primetime star, so it's all good. Um, obviously, starts and ends with the uh, the strip and recovery of Clyde Edwards-Helaire uh, to win the game at the end. Uh, terrific, terrific play. Um, also, the other turnover, he forced that terrible, terrible interception, interception? from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, where yep. he closed on Mahomes uh, his first interception in September in history. And one of the worst interceptions I think he's thrown in his career, too. Uh, top top five, for sure. Uh, that was all away. And he just picked it up where he left off week one, man. And I think, um, you know, I, they mentioned on the broadcast. Like, like, if you don't know already, wasn't extremely productive at Penn State last year. Didn't have any sacks. Um, has, has more sacks this year than he did last year. Um, and just has looked so great. And the guy that, you know, the talent is there, absolutely. But you thought that, well, I, I mean, I personally thought it was going to come together. I think I'm 25th on my big board. I'm like, but even then, I didn't think it would be immediate, especially for the Ravens, right? Where they usually are loaded at pass rusher. They, miss, they mix guys up a lot. Um, but it has been immediate. And he's been one of the best players um, in this rookie class. Uh, he's defensive rookie of the year right now. Yeah, I mean, to, again, you, you you said it two two weeks in a row. He's my primetime star. He's your, I think he was your primetime star last week, right? Yep. And he would have been this week, obviously. But he's just your defensive rookie of the week. And yeah, I I don't think you can. But between him and these corners, those are the most impactful defensive rookies by far. And he's playing a position where it's going to get a little like more attention, and just. Seeing that he's hitting the field and having this impact this early, which, we, again, we mentioned it last week. Very repetitive show here. Um, <laughs> but, the, like, we thought maybe he'd be taken along slowly by the Ravens, who do a great job developing these types of guys. But he's playing He's he's playing a lot. Like, he played 56% of the snaps in Week 1. He's played 75% in Week 2. He made two of the biggest plays in the game against the, the, the best team in the NFL in, in – sealed the win for the the ravens really um 
and he he was the i think the the most arguably the most impactful defender for them um week one against the raiders on primetime football so uh yeah he he's off to an unbelievable start it's really impressive how he keeps making these big plays in the big moments too Mm -hmm. big time time. um okay (laughs) so last week my defensive rookie of the week was paulson adebo as you remember i remember this week this week it went to his head Oh, and he's my worst rookie this week. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I I don't know if I've seen something. I I mean it was part partially like the Saints were so, pl- like unbelievable week one and just as a whole and so terrible week two as a whole. Yeah. And he 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 his play was really emphasizing that. Um. So he played pretty much every. Uh, he played ninety nine percent of the snaps. Uh, and. Two penalties, one was declined, illegal use of hands, uh, and an unnecessary roughness penalty. Whatever. The The important part is that DJ Moore, at every opportunity, toasted him. He toasted him for a touchdown. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't, I think, p- part of, like, I, I don't know if there's much buzz about it, his drop-off in play this week. But part of it was because it wasn't like big plays. It was just DJ Moore teaching tape on release, separation through route running. Like first down after first down after first down, like just kind of dink and dunk type plays where Adebo just didn't have the quick stick to to uh, mirror DJ Moore. Uh, Rob Robbie Anderson got him pretty bad on one too, uh, and yeah, the touchdown was a quick slant where Adebo just didn't have the the positioning nor the quickness to kind of break on the route. Um, it it was just like throughout the game, DJ Moore, and like again, look at the numbers: eight catches, seventy nine yards, and a score for DJ Moore. Like not jumping off the sheet at you, but when you really focused on the two of them, DJ Moore put on a freaking clinic. It's funny that we talked about last week that he had such a great game, but I think we both thought he would take a little bit to ease into the NFL. Um, so it's almost like these games should have been reversed or something. Uh, that's that's unfortunate that he was so high and he he obviously had such a fantastic week last week, and then it comes crashing down. Um, my worst rookie. Um, I speaking of repetition, I would not have thought it'd be fair to any other player if I didn't just double down on Zach Wilson as the worst rookie because he was that bad. I don't think there's anyone else nearly as bad as Zach Wilson was this week. So I went with Zach Wilson, worst rookie. That's, I mean, I think that's fair. I debated Trevor Lawrence, but I, I just needed to tell you that my Paulson Adebo, uh, kind of roller coaster ride is, is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my primetime star was Odafi Owe. So who who was your uh, kind of your change up here? Yeah. So Owe clearly primetime star, but my second gear here is uh, Panay Sewell, who um, tough matchup against the Packers. I thought he looked absolutely great again. Um, according to Piff, he only allowed two pressures on 39 snaps, no sna- uh, no sacks, um, just consistent in, in, in pass pro. Up and down as a run blocker, I thought. Early, I thought he looked really good getting out, showing the, showing the movement skills. Kind of faded away later in the game. But, I mean, look, we talked about it a lot last week. Um, the move from left to right fucked him up. He's back at left. Keep him there. Cause he looks like your franchise left tackle, and that's it. Don't don't, don't fuck around with this. Uh, yeah, no, he he's he stood out. Uh, I didn't really have anywhere to put him, but I I like that you switched up here and put him there. Um, moving to underwhelming performance. Someone who probably fit this bill a lot for us last year was Cardinals linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Um, this week I'm going with Cardinals linebacker Zayvon Collins. Who he he only played forty one percent of the snaps against the Vikings, and he had two pass breakups, which uh, were like rushing the passer just got his hands up. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked horrible against the run. Now, That's not, good. not not just it wasn't like I think my big concern wasn't like he wasn't missing tackles because Dalvin Cook's incredible. He his run fits were horrible. Like he was taking bad angles. His run fits, he was just, like, not in the right place ever. He Anytime there was uh, misdirection, he would be going the wrong way. And that's just something that really stood out to me, uh, especially because, yeah, Dalvin Cook was a absolute horse in that game. 
Uh, and yeah, Zayvon Collins just didn't seem to know where to play. And, and I'm wondering if his playing time is going to start to go down a bit just because uh, they can trust Jordan Hicks more in those situations. Honestly, every time I looked over to that game, it was just massive, massive holes for Delvin Cook. And even getting yes. to the second level and no, nothing there. No, I that that's 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 bad news. Um my underwhelming performance, um I don't mean to hark on this guy. I I said to him in a negative light last week. I put Elijah Mold in again. Um underwhelming might not be a great place to put him. He struggled week one. Um but you saw the glimpses. So I thought like being home in Seattle with the bright lights um, on him, <laughs> um, he could have a nice bounce back, and it was an even worse game. I, he didn't play a lot, but he was playing early. I didn't hear him get called with an injury, so I think he just got benched because Tyler Lockett just kept getting wide, 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 wide open. Um, and that first touchdown, um, not only was it wide open, but then Molden completely whiffed on the tackle. I just and thought this like is, you. Yeah. You kind of you mentioned Molden a bit last week too. Yeah, no, I did. I had him in a negative. I, I figure which spot I had him needs to step up, maybe where because I thought he was in good, good position to make plays a lot and just couldn't finish on the tackle. But he was all over the field and they were using him pretty fun. And then this week again, I don't. I think he played. He didn't play a lot of snaps, but I don't think it was an injury designation. I think it, he just got benched because it was such an awful start. Um, and like it was kind of the theme, and that 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 tight end secondary is a disaster. They won the game obviously because Derrick Henry went fucking beast mode in the second half. Um, but <laughs> consistently through the game, it just complete breaks in the secondary, and like Freddie Swain, massive touchdown, the Lockett ones. Um, but the, the effort to make that tackle on the Lockett play too, and like I love Tyler Lockett, and he, but he's not like a fucking massive yak guy in the least. He's not gonna make a bunch of people miss, and he made he made Molden look silly. Um, I don't know. It just didn't feel like when he was on the field, it was just it was just terrible. Um, speaking of, for me, I go from one uh, cardinal with my underwhelming performance to another. Their first round pick didn't look good, but guess what? Their second round pick uh, was was explosive, and I could have considered him for offensive rookie of the week. Um, so for my looks like a hit, I'll go with Rondell Moore, who. Slipped maybe a little farther than we expected in the draft, just yep. because of the size and the injury stuff. Anyway, against the Vikings, seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown, including a 77-yard touchdown where he was pretty just wide open. Mm-hmm. And it was easy money for him, but hey, he was he, he's still the one who did it. And I I, I liked seeing how uh, kind of how involved he was. He's because they, they, they've got a deep wide receiver core with obviously Hop, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, all there. So you weren't totally sure how much yeah. Rondell Moore would be playing or what the role would be. He ended up playing 46% of the snaps against the Vikings, and I suspect that will climb. Um, they've, they're doing a good job kind of getting a, a good rotation of Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, and Rondell Moore on the field, which is nice. Like, And, and, and keeping in mind that DeAndre Hopkins is attracting so much, yeah. um, so much coverage that, like, Guys like Rondell Moore, who are exposed, and, and Max Williams, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about, Big Ten country, those guys are getting easier opportunities because the other guys attract uh, attract so much um, uh, coverage. And um, so I, I think we can expect Rondell, like a steady dose of Rondell Moore each week is what I'm hoping at least. You know, what I, I do want to see them get him involved more as like a jet sweep guy mm-hmm. or lining him up in getting more creative because like Chase Edmonds is, I, I like Chase Edmonds, but it's not like he's a bell cow back. Like let's get Rondell more. Let's get funky with it. Um, I hope that happens, especially after a performance like this. Yeah. They got him uh, a couple screens last week, but no, I, I definitely agree with you. What I've been really impressed with is um, how quickly Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore have developed this relationship on which when, Kyler Murray is <laughs> scrambling like a madman, and he's been doing it amazingly the first two weeks. It feels every time it feels like every time he does that, it's Rondale Moore he's finding, and it happened a couple times week one, and he didn't have to do it as much in week one because they just kicked ass. This week against the Vikings, obviously, it was a, a tough battle that another NFC team, NFC West team that should have lost. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, just, you know, crazy scramble, finding him on the sideline. It's just Rondell's finding these right spots. Um, he knows to come back to the side that Murray obviously is scrambling. And I just find it really impressive that they developed this kind of relationship so quickly. Mm-hmm. Who's your looks like a hit? Uh, we don't have an outplay the box score for the NFL, but uh, I think this would be my pick. Uh, Christian Barmore of the New England Patriots. He had a really nice game, only three tackles. So it wasn't some big flashy game, but he was just consistently good in the run. A uh, couple just big run stops. Um, had a pressure on Zach Wilson that forced him to throw it away. Uh, had a nice chase down tackle on Corey Davis. <laughs> I thought it was pretty impressive, and they originally ruled it a fumble. He, he wouldn't have got credited with it. It was another player, but um, ended up getting overturned. Christian Barmer just looks like he's going to be a handful. And in the fourth quarter, um, he really turned it on as a pass rusher. It felt like... He was consistently beating his guy, and yes, it's the Jets' offensive line. But still, as a rookie, um, I thought that was really impressive. Um, I like that. I'm going to stick in the trenches. It's good to hear my boy Christian Barmore is thriving. I'm going to stick in the trenches for him. It looks like a miss. And I'm saying it looks like a miss uh, because he's playing well, and I think I was too low on him. And I was surprised he went in the second round. I think Josh Myers is looking really good at center for the Packers. He... he in week one, when that offensive line had a lot of issues against the Saints, I said it wasn't really him. Royce Newman was the rookie I kind of yeah. pointed out. Uh, I thought Josh Myers looked great against the Lions. Um, now, they're not like a loaded front seven or anything, but he held his own. Uh, I mean, you, you look like Ali McNeil couldn't do shit against him. That's rookie <laughs> on rookie. Uh, if we had from the college show, if we did our prospect versus prospect matchup, rookie versus rookie, Josh Myers <laughs> versus Aline McNeil kicking his ass. Um, but yeah, no, I think Myers just looks so solid already. Yeah. And I mean, they, they, it's funny. Cause I think we talked last week that they talked Newman up more seemingly in the, pre, in the preseason and, uh, Myers is the better player right now. Um, for my looks like a miss, very, very similar idea. It is a guy that plays in the trenches that we were too low on. The media was really high on. Uh, and he's come in and been really good the first two weeks. Gregory Rousseau for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I want to start by saying the Dolphins' offensive line is a fucking disaster, especially Austin Jackson. But <laughs> that, that would have been rookie last year versus the rookie this year matchup. Um, but Gregory Rousseau had a monster game. Five tackles, two sacks. Um, and also, just to throw this in, AJ Epineza, even better than Gregory Rousseau. So maybe that's looking like a hit for us from last year but yeah two sacks six pressures only 27 uh pass rush snaps look it's the dolphins off the line but he, he and he, hey he was back at home in miami um but looks like a looks like a dude and i think he flashed that from the second he stepped on the field in the preseason that's like okay maybe he looks like obviously opting out maybe he looks like he did uh 20 2019 maybe he's going to translate better because he's a big fairly freaky dude and uh, it's coming together really quick for Rousseau and Buffalo, and that's huge for them. And if Epineza can keep that up, that's even bigger for the Bills. Love to hear it. Big Ten breeds excellence. You know what else breeds excellence? Spotify Green Room. Because anyone can sign up to, to tune into Spotify Green Rooms, but anyone can host them too. Did you know that, AJ? I'm sure you did because you host so many. Yeah, they let, they let me do it, so I'm sure anyone can. It's free to download and to use. All you need to do is download the app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join, be notified when people you want to hear go live, go live. Um, you do not have to figure out when AJ is going live because you're probably not really interested in what AJ is talking about. That's why you listen to this podcast. It's the only time AJ has anything interesting <laughs> to say. Hey, it's halftime in the CFL game. Uh, I'll be jumping on live right now to do my halftime of my, of my green room talk it's a track love it okay needs to step it up i think i didn't have like super blatantly obvious ones me either uh, i kind of moved some guys around huh? um it's cheating that's cheating i'm 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 gonna do like Kadarius tony needs to step it up because he's playing so against the washington football team he played 28 percent of the snaps and did nothing looked like just irrelevant on the field then came out and like got mad uh which i don't think it's a great step, especially when a lot of us thought he was overdrafted and didn't think Jason Garrett would do a good job using him. Everything just looks like it's going so wrong for Gatarius Tony immediately yeah. Yeah. In, in New York. Um, so 
needs to step it up in terms of if he gets any opportunity, he needs to make something special happen, or it just feels like this regime's not going to use him. So, so okay, in a similar vein, I put him for start the rook. I know he played, but you wouldn't have noticed it except for when he got pissed off. Um, like, like, like you just said, a weird training camp, but. Surely you took this guy in the first fucking round to not give CJ Board ends around and around yeah. uh, instead of Tony. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like it's hard to kill Kadarius Tony. Where it this team, if you drafted him as early as you did, why? Like you would think they would have a solid plan Dude. to use him in a certain way, and he's such a specific skill set. And I know there's p- people are out there being like, well, yeah, Sterling Shepard's a better slot receiver. Yeah, no doubt. But then if you took Kadarius Tony in the first round. What, like, did you not have plan? any idea of how you would be like? He he is this yak freak who d- did all these special things in Gainesville. You can you can manufacture touches for a player yeah. like this, and you think you would if you you were willing to spend such draft capital on him. But it's clear Jason Garrett just doesn't have any plan to use him. And I don't know, Dave Gettleman's a bad GM. Shocker. Everything surrounding this pick makes no sense. And like you said, it felt like that when they took him. Since then, it almost feels like they set him up to fail. It's like all the talk, like like people that got saying, okay, this pick doesn't make sense. But then he gets into camp and, you know, there's weird questions and work ethic stuff. And I don't know. It feels almost like the Giants fucking sabotage himself on this one. And yeah, I just think it's stupid because, I mean, obviously it's stupid, but Tony is talented. Okay. He had this shitty training camp. The, the talk around him is all negative. He's already pissed off. Just let him go out there and, like you said, get him some manufactured touches. Just get his feet wet, get the ball into his hands, and let his play correct the off-field. Not, not even off-field. It's not even like a big deal, I don't think. I don't know. Just let his play do the talking. I think that's it. The, the other one I threw down here is Trey Sermon, who got his first carry after being a healthy scratch in week one and fumbled. He did get a concussion. I just yeah. mean... Like, it's hard to kill him for the fumble, given he, he was concussed on the play. Uh, I I mean, needs to step it up in terms of if he gets the opportunity with Elijah Mitchell now being hurt as well. I know they both have a chance to play this week against the Packers. It's both kind of up in the air. Uh, Raheem Mostert's done. It's the Trenton Cannon and Jacques Patrick show, seemingly. But any opportunity Trey Sermon gets, he now needs to make it happen because he, he has a chance to, to take this role just with Elijah Mitchell being banged up and not doing nearly as much in week two as he had in week one. He was he was had yeah. very little impact in week two. So if Sermon gets an opportunity, he needs to thrive. I uh, I, I we almost had a nice transition, but there was a five minute break in between. But I'm going back to the Big Ten. <laughs> Sticking with uh Benjamin St. Juiced, who obviously played on Thursday night football. I, I don't think he was as bad as he was week one. Week one he was a little eh. Like, he made a couple plays, but um, still wasn't good. And what is almost more worrying to me is that William Jackson just got beat like a fucking drum Thursday night against Daniel Jones and Slay Zone and Galladay. They need him to step up. Um, this defense hasn't been as fearsome as it, as it was last year. I think they just – he's playing a lot of snaps. Jackson looks bad. They need him. They need him. And just to give that – like a half a more second of, of coverage in the back end to let Chase Young and the freaks up front to just to just go terror like they should have terrorized Daniel Jones. That should have been a, a big old ass kicking in my opinion. And I mean, yeah, they won, but Taylor Heineke had to be uh, the next Tom Brady or whatever the hell people think he is. Um, I just I just need to see more. My not ready to play could have also gone to need to step it up, but it was just easier to throw him here. Um, Alex Leatherwood for the second week in a row looked <laughs> like a liability. So he he ended up getting hurt in his like he his back's a little dinged up. His status is up in the air for week three. Uh, but the Steelers, when T.J. Watt was against him, it was like, oh my god, this isn't good. And for the second week in a row, he's called on holding and false start. Now has f- two of each, four total penalties, leads the league in penalties, has played a game and a half. And he just doesn't look like he can hold up in pass protection whatsoever. He just doesn't have the the anchor nor nor the the uh, lateral agility to reach landmarks against some of the athleticism he is facing. I just, yeah, he looks like a problem right now. Yeah, not great there. Um, 
So this is where I'm going to double dip. I mentioned I was going to double down on Davis Mills, and this is where I got him. Um, oh, this is a cop out. Obviously, he's not ready to play. He's not supposed to play, AJ. But he is, Rob. He is playing. Um, but yeah, like I said, just with how he played and how he's now he's starting, he's the easy choice. Uh, the difference is like the dif- this is what I wanted to get to. The difference in the offense between Tyrod and Davis Mills was crazy. Like Davis Mills came in and it was just run, run, pass, not doing anything at all, no creativity. Um, Mills, like he had a couple glimpses, but like so up and down and just frazzled at times. And I don't know, just inconsistent. And Tyrod has some really like he had oomph to this thing. Obviously, week one they were great. I. I liked watching them week one with Gerard. I thought yeah. I thought uh, Tim Kelly called a really fun game with them. And it was happening again uh, this week against the Browns in Cleveland. That's a tough game. Um, he was making big plays happen. There's rhythm to it. He was using his legs. No, I Cully was doing a really good job. And then it just and it's not. I'm not blaming Cully. It's just the difference between Tyra Taylor and Davis Mills. Uh, insane. So on a short week <laughs> against the Panthers, whose defense has been playing really well. This is a recipe for uh, for a disaster would, tonight. Would you start Jeff Driscoll and just use that athleticism to win? Absolutely. <laughs> just start one of your running backs to quarterback, or just rotate at what through a run wildcat the, system. Run, I don't know. Run the triple option. Fuck it. I'm. You know what? Like I, I I'm kind of excited to see Mills. I, I'm, as like it kind of sucks though because Tyler makes actually the, had this team being I, I, really I fun, but for us, this is more better content. Yes. Yes, We're, we don't care about Tarad. We care about content. Exactly. Uh, best day three rookie. First, I'll go Presley Harvin. Big bounce back. Uh, <laughs> week one, I, I mentioned he struggled. He had two bad punts. Uh, week two, he was just boomsticking against the Raiders, hammering them home. Average forty nine on four punts. Looked great. I, I, I just want to also mention Dim Dim. Fuck AJ, I can't say it. Dim Lenoir. Lenoir. Yeah. Th- thank you. I've said his name for four years. And I can't. Uh, Lenoir, who had a really interesting game against the Eagles where mm-hmm. it was like he was either getting burned or breaking up passes. There, Obviously, the game plan was to target him as a, as yeah. a day three rookie corner. Um, and it, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of a mixed bag for him. But I don't know, he he struggled more early and I thought he got a lot more comfortable down the stretch and it ended up playing a pretty good game. I feel like we had so many of those games from rookie corners last year, and they're always fun. Like, they're just yes, getting fucking are. thrown into the fire, like 15 targets or something. Like, uh, Melifon, we got targeted like crazy before he got hurt uh, Monday night. Yeah. And even, yeah. like, like he got beat a lot, but, like, he even he was, like, in good position a lot, too. Anyways, mm-hmm. sadly, he's, he's, he's hurt now. But, anyways, um, going to the AFC North, uh, got to go with our, with our guy, Demetric Felton, baby, who had maybe the rookie highlight of the week. But before that... Um, started with the opening kickoff, made a couple guys miss, broke a tackle, uh, got the ball out to the 32. So he kind of set the tone from the start. And then it kind of took a step back where he had a really bad muff punt. He did end up getting back on top of it, but it was like, oh, no, what are you doing, Felton? Um, but it's like he's got to make up for it. And then he did, baby. Uh, screen, to the, uh, screen to the slot. Hit him. Found the lane, the lane instantly. Big old acceleration. Uh, throws a nasty spin move that drops two Texans, keeps his feet through uh, some other contact from behind right after that, re-accelerates, touchdown. It was awesome. Um, that's fun. I love them getting him involved like that. He had another um, really nice catch, too. He had two catches for 51 yards in that touchdown. Um, the other catch where he kind of just um, – the check down dude in the flat, and um, Baker found him, uh, then just destroyed. Destroyed a linebacker's ankles and picked up the first – Every time he was touching the ball, he's he's doing the return game, and uh, no handoffs, but two 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 receptions. Every time he touched the ball, he's making stuff happen. Uh, moving to best undrafted rookie, where didn't really have anyone last week. This week, I got AJ Parker of the Lions, who so you I, mentioned Melfon Melfon who getting hurt. That's yeah. this is your pick as well. Yeah, I put him for he, I get, I doubled down on UDFA and out of nowhere because I didn't really have him out of nowhere, and he's the most out of nowhere. Yeah, so. Obviously, Okuda, last year's first-round pick, towards Achilles. Melifamu got hurt in this game. A.J. Parker started this game. Looked really good against the Packers. Um, played 62% of the snaps. Uh, yeah, really, I don't know where a guy who was kind of interesting coming out of Kansas State. 
uh, he's like a four-year starter there as a nickel prospect, and now he's just the Lions' best corner. <laughs> yeah, like, did you even hear his name on the broadcast? Like, no. No, they they, they didn't really mention him at all, which no, is I... shocking because when you've got an undrafted rookie corner starting, you would think that would come up, but... Uh, no, but that's a really good – like, obviously, they're, they're a bad broadcast crew. But it's a really good thing that they didn't because he's a UDFA corner and he's going up against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Um, and, yeah, yeah, like you said, played a lot. Uh, PFF said three targets against him. He gave, up, he gave up catches on all three, but they're all around the line of scrimmage. It was like 10 yards total. He was just rock solid, like you said. And uh, Rodgers went after Melfano, uh, went after uh, Oriwarie all night. And uh, that's got to be saying something, that he targeted those guys and stayed away from A.J. Parker. Uh, that's really, really impressive and huge for the Lions. Um, rookie who flashed. I'm just going to hammer out four really quick. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris, not a great game, but looked better. Uh, was more involved in the passing game. I'm hoping to see more of that going forward. Five catches, 43, 43 yards, and a nice touchdown. The ground game wasn't great again, but the offensive line's really not doing much for him. Uh, and he he's I want to see him break first contact a little bit more, but it was a better game. Uh, I thought Eric Stokes played a really good game yeah. uh, against the Lions. Had a couple pass breakups. Another these rookie corners are looking really good early. Um, on Thursday night football, Aziz Ojolari had a, a had a sweet uh, speed to power. Yeah. Uh, against Sam Cosby for a sack. Right off the bat, rookie. Yeah, rookie on rookie crime. Uh, he's looked pretty good. I also thought in that game, Jamin Davis, he, he only played 39% of the snaps, but you could see that athleticism. I think we'll we'll see him uh, kind of take on a bigger role probably halfway through the year when they realize John Bostic just isn't able to move and uh, Jamin Davis is a freak. So you kind of hit a couple of things I want to bring up, funny enough. But um, on Jamin Davis, he was my alternate for start the Rook because, like you said, 39% of the snaps looked good. I just want to see him get more involved. That's it, like you, like you just said. Um, I had uh, a couple of those guys written down, so I'll throw a couple more out there. Uh, two defensive guys, Javon Holland. Uh, he's been really quietly good to start his career. Um, 32% of the snaps week one, uh, jumped to 79 this week. They lost 35 nothing, but the secondary was not bad at all. Um, he had three tackles, hit, hit Josh Allen twice. They blitzed someone from the nickel a couple times. Uh, he got home, um, looked good, pretty big hits, and then recovered a fumble too. Um, I think one of the bright spots for like a weird start to the Finn season and obviously two is down now too. And, um, sticking defense, uh, I mentioned him last week, Quiddy pay. He is just already a really, really, really studly run defender. Um, didn't really see him get home to Stafford or anything this week. Um, but him being such a good run defender already is just really, really impressive. Um, you kind of hit a couple more guys. I mentioned AVT and the, the Jets crew. That's not. Zach Wilson earlier, so I, I'm good to uh, hear you out of nowhere, Rook. Okay, so I really super cheated. Okay, uh, so first, edge rusher for the Dallas Cowboys kind of hopped onto the scene. <laughs> Micah Parsons. How about that guy? Who? Yeah, they draft a guy by the same name to play the linebacker. Turns out he's a better edge rusher. He uh, looks like awesome. Against Michael Carter playing running back and corner in, in New York? This is, this is like Leon Sandcastle. Oh, fuck, I miss Leon Sandcastle. Um, he he looked unbelievable at edge. He was, I mean, it was like n- not a great uh, group, of, group of chargers trying to block him. He, again, he, he didn't see much from uh, R- Rashawn Slater. but Storm Norton, he baby. Was, yeah, Storm Norton is really bad. <laughs> um, just so if you thought he was good, he's not. Well, I would um, assume he's but, good based off his name alone. Yes. Pa- Parsons' combination of just... Speed and like he's like he's not he's very powerful for being two hundred and thirty five pounds, but his like the get off and the leverage he plays with just allows him to get under guys and power through them. And he was relentless. He had four quarterback hits on Herbert. He was he was fucking wrecking shit as an edge rusher. He only played fifty five percent of the snaps. Anyway, I think he's gonna look really good there un, until Tank Lawrence is back. I don't know if that's good or bad in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. Interesting to track that. Another out of nowhere rook. Uh, you ever heard of Peyton Turner? <laughs> no. Yeah, the Saints took him in the first round, but no. after they took him in the first round, nobody's talked about him really since, it's felt like. Um, the Panthers won that game pretty easily, but 
he stood out with um, Marcus Davenport hurt. He looked quite good. He he did get called on two penalties, roughing the passer in neutral zone infraction. Whatever, I'm over it. 41% of the snaps. Uh, I think that's going to increase. He had, like, the power he plays with, his sack was just pure um, bull rush and just kind of collapsed the pocket on Darnold. Uh, he had a couple awesome TFLs where he just stacked and shed. And he just looked really great. Lots of lots of power and really strong hands. So my out of nowhere rooks are both first round picks. So you live and you learn. But you know what? I'm not gonna give you shit for for cheating that way because they were both so good and you had to bring them up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And I'm 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 out of I got nothing left here. I said my start the rooks. I had Tony and Davis. My out of nowhere was Parker because I think he's the truest out of nowhere rook this week. Um, who who do you got for start? Okay, my start is, uh, speaking of that Panthers-Saints game, a lot of what Peyton Turner was doing was against Cameron Irving at left tackle. The GOAT, yeah. Start him again. He, like, the Panthers' offensive line wasn't bad, but Cameron Irving was so bad. The rest, (laughs) like, yeah. Like, Taylor Moten lost a couple, but it it was against Cam Jordan, whatever. Um, Brady Christensen needs to be out there at left tackle right now. Because I could get it if you knew you had like a a lot like a, a vet who who's kind yeah. of a stopgap. But Cameron Irving's just not good. And I can't imagine Brady Christensen being a downgrade. Uh Brady Christensen is a a, a freaky athlete who plays with such an edge. I I'm, I wanna see him play left tackle for them because the Panthers yeah. are winning games right now. They are. And I think they might start they should start three and Um yeah, Christensen was a little up and down in the preseason, I thought, just just keeping an eye on him. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he's I think he's he's a little older of a prospect too, if I remember correctly. And like, yeah, he because he, he went on a mission. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I wasn't just guessing though; I was actually trying to remember. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know. I thought his playing style would lend to um, being a sturdy guy right away, and then he tested really, really great. So yeah, I, I I'm in, I'm I'm in agreement with you here, even if he just. Like, even if he didn't feel like he's ready to go in the preseason, I think because Irving sucks. You, you Cam Irving being so bad, I think, forces your yeah. hand earlier. Cause, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, all right, we did it once again. Can't wait to see Davis Mills on Thursday. Prediction for his stats. Uh, probably. I don't know if they're going to have to throw a lot. I'll say um, 15 of 34. Five. Didn't need to be this. Yeah, I was just looking for yards and touchdowns. For three thousand yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know. JC like Horn. JC Buck eighty. J- yeah. I say JC Horn gets uh, <laughs> picks off him. I hope so. No, I'll say I'll say one for Horn, one for uh, Jeremy Chin. 